Welcome to UVA Throws Podcast for people who want to learn more from successful student athletes, coaches, and professional throwers. And we'll bring you all this from their own perspective. Their experience and lessons will save you a lot of trouble. Today with us, we have Stamatia Scarvelis. Even though she just graduated last year, Stamatia has already made her mark on professional stage. She barely missed finals at World Championships in Doha and is currently in a position that will qualify her for 2021 Olympics in Tokyo. She will talk to us about her experience as a high school athlete, college and now professional athlete, as well as lessons she learned from all these stages of her life. If you are new to this podcast, please hit that subscribe button and enjoy. Alright, well, today with us we have Stamatia Scarvelis, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> yes, you of all people, yeah, it's perfect. Stamatia, yeah. thank you so much for your time. Uh, we have, I posted some questions to be asked for you, and I got a lot of them. <laughs> we will not be able to go through all of them, but uh, for those who haven't seen your video, and I encourage you guys to check a video that uh, Stamatia just did a couple of days ago about Q&As. Uh, about how did you get into throwing? You can tell us a little shortened version. Uh, basically, uh, my oldest brother got into it when he was young. Neither of our parents really did track. My dad did high school track. My mom didn't. Um, but yeah, my brother just took it up pretty young. And so then my middle brother, Nicholas followed after him. And then when I got was, you know, old enough, I just kind of followed along in the footsteps and I did distance running sprints. And one time I was, you know, forced to pick up the shot and throw it and it didn't go well no. and I wore it off for for as long as I could but then I started doing multi-events uh, I started doing the pentathlon when I was uh getting a little older and then um when I was a sophomore in high school I was you know told probably have best potential in the throwing let's let's put the running and jumping to the side and okay. so that's why okay. I really took it seriously and and started on um from there yeah well, that's uh, your family. Uh, were there your your dad and your mom? Were there track and field athletes as well, or did they start from the brother? It really started from my brother. My dad did it in high school. He did the high hurdles, but that's about it. Um, he stopped after high school. My mom, um, they're they're they were very big into Greek dancing, actually. So okay, they have uh, yeah. I, everyone always asks if they were into track and field, and no, it kind of it kind of just started from when my brother got into it and then it just kind of became a whole sibling event. So yeah. That's great that uh, your parents let you guys choose, right? You don't, you don't um, necessarily have that as a, as a uh, choice sometimes, right? With the athletes who are very talented, the parents kind of nudge them less and less you see these days, but uh, they kind of nudging them hard into the sport. They think that, that it should be best for them. So that's awesome. Uh, and I talked to your dad. I remember uh, re during re recruiting, uh, a very humble guy, very knowledgeable guy, uh, very experienced. And uh, I, I, I could see already then that you were in great hands, that you're going to be very successful. Um, so in talking about that success, you obviously, you're a top recruit in, out of high school. You're one of the best throwers in NCAA, one of the most versatile throwers in NCAA of all time. Uh, being able to throw shot put, weight, discus, and hammer like that, uh, it's, 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 you don't see that very often, right? What a... What are some things or challenges that you had in high school that you didn't know that you're going to have in college? How did that transition to college? How was that for you? That was a big thing. Um, I, I, you really have no idea what you're expect, like 
what to expect stepping into the NCAA like world, you know? Um, it's, it's a huge transition that you really can't prepare for. I mean, I had, I was lucky, lucky enough to work with someone who had been in the NCAA, like, you know, world himself. And even having that, it, it really doesn't even still prepare you for what you're about to step into because what you're stepping into is everyone on the same playing field. As far as we all have access to amazing facilities, we all have access to, you know, good weight room schedules and, and throwing schedules and all this. And so, um, yeah, I think definitely the first time around, I kind of mentioned this in, in my video, it, it really took me by storm. And I went in, into college with these crazy high expectations. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was like, oh, I, I don't just keep going up in a, in a you know, perfect yeah. linear progression. Um, that was, you know, a, a blow to the ego. And I, and I, you know, took it pretty hard but the second time around the recruiting process it I really just enjoyed like you and I when, when I came on my visit it was just talking about throwing talking about training and getting the more authentic side of of how are we going to really work you know yeah. um which is difficult when kids are going on these visits and they're just being shown a show and yeah, um yeah, yeah. and it's hard for some kids when when they get to the that school and uh it's it's like well i didn't realize that my two-day visit was you know it's not, not what it's like really this all time right yeah so that's just recruiting alone but then when you get into competitions it's just like there are fewer meets than in high school because in high school you have like little I think I had like, you know, sometimes you'd have two meets a week, you know, you'd have one in, in the middle of the week and then you'd have one on the weekend. And so there's just so much range to just go out and throw and go out and PR and, and anything you kind of do, you're just getting so much volume where in, you know, call in, in, in the competition level might be lower. So anything you do might look good when in college, you know, I have a lot less opportunities for uh, competitions and then there's, really high level people there so there's a lot you know yeah you might not make a final if you have an off day yeah. so and then you don't have another meet for two weeks so um that was the really big differences you see and that's a hard transition to make and so it's really hard to prepare high school athletes for that especially when they have like like you said I had some success in high school yeah. so my standard my, maybe my ego is already like up here you know so so if you have a kid who who is just really naturally talented their their bar is set so low that anything they do in college is going to be you know doing better yeah. um i had to deal with my own expectations and you know pressure i put on myself mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah it's hard to prepare kids stepping into the collegiate world and i mean every kid takes it differently probably yeah and and thank you for being so honest. Uh, this is uh, you don't hear this often, right? And it's, I think it's very important for these kids to kids, you know, these athletes, young athletes, to understand this. Uh, somebody like you who went through this, obviously, uh, a lot of success, and with all that, you're you're uh, sharing right your experience, your struggles. That really, even though you are a modest person, and like I said, I talked to your dad, I talked to you uh, during your your junior year, senior year in high school. Uh, you were never like, oh no, coach, I'm the best. I'm gonna kick everybody's ass, right? So you are you were humble to begin with, but still you are competing at this level that you don't understand that that when you come to college, the bar is gonna be so much higher. 
And even though, again, you you understand that you really can't, what you're saying is you really can't really prepare for that because then you are struck with all these, the, the Diana Pierce was at the same time, right? All these throwers, uh, uh, Ravens. You're like, oh my God, right? <laughs> This is a different level, right? Yeah. I got a tiny taste of that in my senior year when I was at like New Balance and myself and I think four other girls all threw over 50 feet at that New Balance indoor national meet, you know, and I got third, I think. Wow. I feel like 51 feet, you know, and that's when Raven broke the national yeah. indoor record and Ashley Blake, you know, threw far and Lena Geiger, like, you yeah. know, was also throwing 50 feet getting fourth. So yeah, I mean, that was just a little bit of a taste like, oh no, you don't just step in and take a, an okay throw and still get to win. It's maybe you have a great day and you're not going to still walk away on top. So yeah, it's, it's hard to um, prepare for that. But, uh, do you think also that first year now, this is, you know, some athletes have it better than others. Uh, I'll, I will see a lot of athletes that first year do well in the weight room, uh, do well in class, but because they are so overwhelmed with everything, right? You have uh, classes to go to tutoring. You have this schedule. You might be able to handle a schedule, but there's this little pressure, you know, behind, even if you're on top of your things that you have to do this, you have to do this. You got to. Uh, turn to the paper at this time. You got to respond to your tutor, to your advisor, to coach, uh, to strength coach. You got to be with the trainer. Like there's so many things that you are, you know, you think you're handling, but that, you know, and like I said, better than weight room. But then you hit the, you hit the throwing, and you're like, oh my god, I can't throw. You know, to save yeah, my life. and it's all things like, oh, I'm in charge of when I go to bed. I'm in charge of what I eat now. You know, things like that. I mean, yeah, yeah. I've had those conversation with like freshmen on the Tennessee team that you know it's difficult because they're just there's so many different variables yeah. um and I think I, I was talking with Newell about it one time and and I was like they, they don't understand like they're in charge of their own eating they're in charge of their own sleep habits they're completely yeah. uprooted from yeah. a system that they've been built in mm-hmm. and yeah they might not PR at first you know in the first couple of meets and he was like yeah but did you listen to that like did you think that way when you first yeah. came to college you don't really realize that and can really process that until maybe you're a little bit older too, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hard thing to explain until you experience it. Right. You don't, you don't really understand how I can, I'm, you know, everybody's thinking like, I'm very special. I'm, I can, you know, uh, go through this. This is not going to happen to me. Right. And next thing you know, you're in that same situation and it needs to humble you a little bit to have that jump. Um, how over uh, your college career, what, what are some things that you learned along the way, you know, freshman, sophomore, junior year, uh, senior year that you wish you started with and that it helped you? What are some good uh, advice that you might have, like you said, for your younger self or for freshmen and sophomores in, in college right now? Yeah, freshman year, I just, there was so much like, it was like a tryout every day I was going to practice, you know, there wasn't this concept of what I really learned coming to Tennessee was like, let's just lay a baseline. Let's just get reps in, get good reps in and set the foundation. And you don't need to be going out and throwing crazy far every practice. And it doesn't need to be this high and low of living and dying by every day of practice. Um, So that's something I had a tough time with. I mean, the first, my first year of college, I also redshirted. So then you go a year without seeing a lot of competition. Luckily in California, in Southern California, there are tons of like all comers meets. So I 
you know, I'd get, you know, I'd borrow a teammate's car and I'd drive an hour and so, and I'd throw in a meet and yeah. On task, I'd get my yeah. car that way. But it's, it's, it's a little different still. Um, but uh, then experiencing that first year of like competing again and then it being that super high level, just like allow yourself to, to grow into it. And I still doubt I would be able to like really deal with that. It's just something, I guess, if you're that type of person you have to go through and some kids deal with it a lot better. I mean, there are some of those outliers who take to college right away. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, but you just have to go at it at your own speed. Um, I think that was someone else you know, everyone takes to college differently. And, and as long as you eventually get what you want from it, that'll be successful. Is if it's not right away, just grow into it and give yourself some time. What I really learned um, initially transferring is like what I said, like detaching yourself emotionally a little, a little more, you mm -hmm. know, that's what I'm doing. I'm walking into the ring and I'm going to work on my throwing today. And like, if it doesn't go well, that doesn't mean I need to like get all emotional yeah. about it you yeah. know yeah. like it's just a day we're checking in we're getting the reps and we're going to make them good reps and we're going to build upon that so yeah each each year kind of took something else on definitely that first year at tennessee i learned how to train a lot more um to believe in the process learned, right in the process of yeah the yeah i just learned how to like train and practice and then that next year was you know the, that was the my my junior year is when i became all american um, that's when I learned how to, we tried to transition more of that into, mm -hmm. all right, you set the foundation in training. Let's, let's try and, you know, now build that into competitions and seeing those and reap and reap those, you know, yeah. benefits as well. So, um, yeah, it takes time. Like yeah. that's the biggest thing I would tell myself, you know, it's, it's not going to be like high school. It's just, it mm -hmm. takes time. It takes more time than others, but you're, you can't be just comparing yourself to your other teammate or to someone else at another school because mm -hmm. everyone is different. That's a very good point you're making, uh, how important it is to compare yourself to yourself, right? Instead of your teammates or um, to, th to think about, like, oh my God, this person got it so easy, right? Why is it taking me so long? Uh, you, if you have the talent and you know, hopefully you are with a coach who is honest with you, obviously it's, it's easier to see that right away from high school, especially in college, if you have the talent to be a professional or not, right? And if you do have that talent, if you're showing that already with whatever workout you're doing, uh, then you have to really trust that the process, the training will come in and that you will throw far at some point. That might be next year, might be four years, rarely ever more than four years. Um, if you're doing good training and you're healthy, it will come. You just have to be patient. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of times you'll see athletes go into a, uh, um, uh, in a bad place, n nervous, uh, you know, they're disappointed. And then you're just continuing that bad training, you know, feeling bad about yourself instead of just focusing on, on a goal. Right. What you had some, quite a few coaches in your career, right? Uh, in terms of picking a school. So you're, let's say you're a high school athlete, you're a junior or senior. How do you pick? How, what are you, what have you? you learn that you need to be looking for when you're looking for a school because there are so many different schools like you said in your video right there's so many different uh, uh universities coaches what do you need to look for well depending on like i guess what i was saying like the level you're at um that's going to also determine the availability of kind of the school you in the direction you're going to go for it's also you know it matters 
I mean, college, if, if you're in line for maybe a scholarship or not, and how, how important that is for you, if you're going to, if you need to be getting a full ride or something, or if you mm. can swing, not, not, you want a bigger program. So maybe you won't go to a school that can give you a full or, or, or things like that. Those are other variables. But for me, especially that second time around of when I was transferring, I just was looking for someone that you can connect with and then build upon, all right, then is this school and this, this system, and do I feel like this will be a good fit for me? Um, I think it's really important to look at how much time a coach, like, puts into his athletes. Um, that's something that you had talked about with Newell in your guys' podcast, and that's something that I see also in yours, and obviously what you're doing is, like, you obviously put your athletes first, and and they know that they like they can go to you 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 put time into into their success um you know you're not just clocking in and clocking out which is the case for some you know throwing coaches and so just kind of creating and generating a real conversation with the coach um and discussing maybe your goals and um i i don't know it's it's that's it's it's a very broad question. Um, a lot of things yeah. go into account, right? So many things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then of course you have to take your education, like, you know, uh, you have to take your ac academics into, into consideration as well. Mm -hmm. um, there were schools that had amazing coaches, but I didn't really want to be going to that type of school. Um, so that definitely also plays a role and you want to make sure that you are going to be happy there regardless of, throwing as well um or you can see yourself there if if um if throwing doesn't work out something like that too um that's a great point i love that that's a, that's a great point and that's uh something that you are obviously from your parents gain long term right like can you <laughs> planning ahead of the time uh five years from now ten years from now right not looking at uh instantly right now what can i benefit from uh, what can in five years they can give me right you made you you won so many accolades, right? Obviously successful at the college level, high school level, and now professional. You're doing really well. Olympics is postponed. You hit the sta did you hit the standard? No. But no, I do not have the standard quite yet. I had I had reached the world standard last year to allow yeah. me to go to world, which has yeah. helped my world ranking. I don't know how all that works quite yet with that point system. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Now they're gonna to have to juggle with those things because uh, obviously the corona. Uh, I think you were doing. I'm. I'm very sure that you're in top 32, right? So if you're top 32 by ranking, you you make the team. You make Olympics, right? There's a standard or the standard 72.50, and then maybe you know 10 girls have that, but uh, rest of people will go by ranking. And you did really well at the World Championships. And you threw international meets, you threw well, well, really well, so those points count. Ranking, yeah. Ranking wow. is helping me. So I think I was 21st or 22nd or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah. How was competing at World Championships? So right out of college, you're doing really well, you nail it, you throw far, you're at in Doha World Championships. How was that experience for you different than anything else? Or yeah. same? World, world was awesome. I mean, Worlds was... I've been to like a European champs before and all of that, but um, I mean, to have your first like senior world meet was, was really cool. And I mean, I, I didn't, 
I mean, I threw it in like the last second to last meet I could. Um, so just like having that and then going to worlds and then just like, don't, don't let it get any bigger than it is. So yeah, I mean like, accept that you're at the world championships and like, this is awesome, but I'm going to go to the practice track for my only practice. There's going to be like tons of people there, but it's just like showing up to SECs and I'm also sharing a ring with people that are preparing for the comp in two days too. So I think after the competition, I allowed myself to be like mind blown and like getting to watch just, I mean, getting to watch the shot competition live, you know, the men's shot. I can't imagine how that was. (laughs) (laughs) Getting to watch that and like being a total fan of that. But luckily I was like the first or second day. So So really think I'm just sticking. It's just like every other meet don't blow it out of proportion. Like, it's you're yeah. just going to do the same thing. It's the same process. You've seen most of these girls before too, you know, yeah. um, and I'm going to get three throws. And I had, I think this, that was probably the third best throw of my life, second best meet of my life. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just went for it and, um, you know, I was proud of finishing top 20. Yeah. Um, and then it's just like, it was a good way to end and, and, and a good boost, like an, an ego boost moving into this prep year, which now has been postponed, but um, yeah, to leave off on a, on a high note was, was cool. So yeah, Worlds is like crazy, but as far as the meat goes, I really just tried to keep it as basic and like the energy is going to take care of itself. Like, you know, the hype of being in the world championship stadium. So I don't need to overthink it in my own head, you know? Yeah. Did you always have that pre-meet kind of set, uh, set up for yourself? Did you always think that way about meets? No. <laughs> so that's really I, advanced. I had some major mess-ups at big meets, you know. My first outdoors, my first outdoors in uh, Eugene, I fouled out um, when I was a sophomore in college. Um, so I've had, I've had meets, my first ever Europeans, I was like, uh, 19 in the shot put I got like second to last you know and you know, I could go on with the ones that I've like done poorly at um <laughs> but no you just it, you you just need to that summer it was really a good rebuilding of of like training again and, and there's something really cool to just like I, I left for Europe and Kind of competing for like Greece and when you're doing that you're just you know you're throwing just to throw at that point you know it's not tied to university anymore and you know like I'm choosing to throw at that point so like I need to figure out how to, how to make it work too yeah. um so uh no I, I definitely have messed up a lot before I have figured out I need to not overthink it and get it in my own way um but yeah uh, no, it's been, it, it hasn't always been that easy. That's fantastic though, that you are able to go and learn from your failures, right? Uh, it's, I think it's, this is a very important message for all the young throwers who think they are those person or, you know, those people who uh, PR and warmups who foul out, right? It will happen like, like for yourself, right? So many, so many throwers, uh, will be in that situation. Uh, had an athlete the, uh, who, um, couldn't hit, uh, he would not hit through the cage to save his life. Right? Um, but with failures, with time, learn. It's very important to learn, and you have, and that's amazing, right? I, I think this is a very important message 
uh, that you just share to young athletes. If you are that person who's falling out, who's uh, very nervous at the meets, you're getting second to last, which means you didn't foul out, so you still do that throw and kept it, apparently. Um, so that means that there's a hope for you, right? So you can learn. Did you foul out? No, I don't, yeah, I may, I may got, I've gotten last on paper, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's tough in the moment, but like those, I mean, that sounds so cheesy to say, but it's cheesy for a reason. That's what kind of makes you figure out. And what I said before too, in, in my videos, like the biggest thing was like transferring isn't going to solve your problems. Like, like, yeah, like like failing and doing like it's going to expose what you need to work on and as lame as that sounds like it definitely showed me what yeah I don't I still don't think it was the correct system for me to be in but it wasn't all one thing and it wasn't all me I mean it's just I had I had things I needed to change in it just like I had things I need to change in how I do a meat prep you know Mm -hmm. um but finding people around you that can support you to figure that out is also ideal. So mm-hmm. having a coach that can help you through that, having a support system that can help you through that, like that's also really big too. Yeah. You know? That's, I think the biggest step that you took right from the beginning uh, for yourself is realization that even if you make a mistake, if you make a grown decision, that you have to own it, right? You own that, realize that that was a mistake and try to fix it don't you know don't stick with it like no this is you know this is great technique i'm just going to continue to slide for the rest of my life right i'm not going to switch to a rotation uh you know just just realize that and try right try different things if you don't try you're not gonna how are you gonna learn right so in high school that brings me back for a second you were a glider in shopwood i have one of the questions ask why did you glide why didn't you wait for so long to uh switch to uh rotation I, I mean, I just started out gliding ever since, I mean, I started with like the shuffle, you know, the little Mm. sideways shuffle, and then you get to the glide. And I don't think it was, I think, so my high school coach, uh, Kent Pagel, um, whose wife, Ramona Pagel, was the former American. Um, I mean, I think something he did really well in coaching was build up what you were already doing really well Mm. and build your clients and what you're doing so at the time he met me I was you know my brother Nick coached me to like 40 feet in the glide you know as a freshman in high school and so he saw this kid who was still playing volleyball and you know she kind of didn't really like track and field that much and so why even if he thought maybe at the best time I would be a better spinner long term like maybe maybe in the short term progress of high school or whatever his goal was just thinking let's just build up she's doing some things right let's just perfect that and and build that up and I think that's what was most effective for me in high school and when I was gliding was that I had a confidence in it and that I had built up just reps and reps and reps in confidence and strength in what I was doing so that I could go in and just go on autopilot and I had that belief in myself that all right I have, it's, you know, it's kind of like creating your own throw. I had mm. my own throw and I had, you know, confidence in that. So yeah. I think, you know, I, that spinning in high school never really came up at all just because I think you just start with the glide and, and it, it, it was proven to be working. So just yes. build up in yeah. that, you know? 
uh, way to look at it, right? If it's working, why you don't want to fix it? <laughs> I, I posted this a couple of days ago. No woman has ever won a major championships glide, uh, rotating. It was only gliders. Only woman that ever won in shot put a medal was Anita Martin from uh, Hungary. It was indoor world championships. Um, she got, she won, right? But all all others were gliders. So it's really a, a unique. But I think obviously now with uh, more people spinning uh, on the women's side as well, right? They might change soon. It'll be interesting to see the the Olympics. And for that too, uh, it will be interesting to see how far you're gonna throw for. What's your goal for next year? What's the What's the situation right now? How is your day? What are you training for? Right now, I mean, with everything being pushed back, I mean, the week that everything kind of went down and, and international travel was banned and all that, I was preparing to leave to go to Portugal to open up training my season at the, at the Winter Throws Cup. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and in April, I was planning to just have headed to Greece and stay there the remainder of the season, probably until September. So, um, yeah, I left out on a really high note of that training. I, I was feeling really good. I had PRs with, you know, the, my training falls and all of that. And it's been a really interesting years, year with only throwing hammer now. Um, mm -hmm. It's been really cool to just kind of fully, like, dive into that. Yeah. And, um I mean, obviously, I mean, the 72, uh, the Greek national record, that would be a big, you know, goal of mine. I mean, obviously get the A standard, but beyond that, um, I don't really think I have too many distance oriented goals. I want to be in the best position. I want to just throw consistently at a, at a good distance that's going to put me in contention to walk into, you know, hopefully when the Olympics are next year to walk in and, and be able to contend for a spot in a final and then yeah. be able to put myself in the mix there. So if that means I throw, you know, 71 all year or, or, you know, I can get really consistent at that, that's cool because if I have one big throw and then I can't, you know, replicate it, yeah. I've had I've been in that position before and I'd rather be really consistent at a distance than have a huge number and not be, being able to have the confidence to back that up. Yeah. So, yeah, distance oriented, I don't really have a specific number. I just want to get, get more experience and competitions because I mean I know I've been thrown for a while but my hammer side like uh the Greek coach he still calls me like just baby hammer thrower because he thinks I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> um and all that but just like traveling this past summer like that was huge huge you know check marks off my list like having a, a fit having a throw that 71 33 where it actually feels like I just got through the ring and, and, and had a clean throw yeah you know I I was always I was always telling someone like hammer throw is it takes too long and I feel like I just have too much time to mess up what I'm doing and it's taken me a long time you know because shot put is so different especially the glide shot put is so different you know that's you start and you're done yeah so for next year I just want to I'm excited to just get more experience growing and just I want to be consistent and to set up myself to have a good showing when it matters you you are already in the situation that you're so close to uh, being told in those distances that win medals, right? So I think in the Rio Olympics, 74 took a bronze. So you're knocking at the door. You're doing really well. I'm sure you're gonna be invited to all these meets. It's a, such a shame that Diamond League doesn't have a hammer. I think that's a, that's a mistake. It's a, a really really great event. I don't think there's a bad event in track and field. Um, so I think that's a mistake. But you do have those 
big meets that you already competed at some, like uh, Mediterranean Games, I'm sure you're going to compete, Balkan Games, uh, all these big meets. How is, for you, how do you handle the travel and the traveling, competing overseas? How is that now? Um, I like it. Um, it's just... It- it's such a different feeling than ha- like competing in NCAA athletics. I'm sure you can attest to that too. There's this feeling like you, you wake up, everyone's just sipping coffee. You go head out to the track. All right, we're going to throw like the day I, I threw at Balkans, the, the shuttles, the shuttles like showed up 30 minutes before like warm time was supposed to be, you know, there's not this whole process of we need to get to the track three hours ahead of time set up, you know, like, just sit there and do all this you know people are relaxed laid back it's it's a little it's it's just a different feeling to it um and uh yeah it's not the end all be all if you know i've seen big names just go out and they have like bad days and then they're just five fine five minutes later for the post post meet you know banquet you know yeah yeah it's 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 a lot more of like a a job like all right i have this competition then i'm gonna head to you know a different country in three days and i'll i'll try it again then so i mean i I love competing overseas um handling the travel it's not too bad if you're not trying to just jump major time zones all the time like what i what i was planning to do was just go to greece in april get adjusted and then when you're traveling throughout Europe it's it's a lot easier on on the body and the, and the decision was was uh hammers hammers a little bit bigger there with a little higher level meets on that uh meet ranking yeah um and I you I was lucky enough to get into one hammer challenge actually at the end of last year mm-hmm. I wasn't probably qualified but I was just in the country at the same time and I was you know I was able to be like you know talk my way in yeah. and that helps me out a huge bunch um but yeah it's just it's a, it's a different vibe you're seeing a lot less people because it's kind of the same people over and over again um and you're all just trying to go out and throw far at the same time you know so i love it um yeah you you start in the morning with coffee and the end of the night with yeah uh, you get you get to hang out with some incredible people, um, and like I said, in the morning you have breakfast, you're drinking coffee, you know, somebody smoking cigarette. Always, there's always somebody smoking cigarettes on the side <laughs> in Europe, right? Smoking uh, cigarettes at the track while and and you hang out, and it's uh, what I found out. Um, one of my favorite things was to talk to people at different events, right? So you you will all be in this hotel, all the athletes, right? And you just kind of hang out there managers and everybody right um you meet a you meet a lot of interesting people yeah and and that's also really cool um i do remember balkans we were all it was in a small town i don't remember exactly where in, in Tarazagora, bulgaria in uh, bulgaria yeah, no, Tarazagora, yeah. Was, i think i can't yeah maybe i'm thinking it wrong but yeah it was a small little town and so the entire like every team staying in this one big like resort and it was a really nice resort and so then we're all just like seeing each other for probably five days it was like a longer one where we were all there mm-hmm. and then i'm seeing a bunch of people that 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 were in ncaa athletics and so it's just a cool yeah. like and then i'm meeting people from their team like maria the javelin thrower yeah. um you know from serbia you know so then yeah. i'm meeting different members of the serbian team and all of this stuff and so you're just yeah 
it's the whole hangout essentially yeah it's like a it's like a reunion every time you go to those meets and you yeah. go uh every year a couple of times you have those kind of team meets and then yeah. individual one you see the same people it's really yeah. becomes like a big high school reunion right uh, with, with high yeah. school people that you actually like right <laughs> so, yeah. Well, yeah. what a, i think it's, it's incredible time to be an athlete these days it's such and john and i talked about and you and i talked about this as well how different times is now that people are actually more friendlier you are talking yeah. to other throwers about what you're doing they're sharing with you what they're doing and it's really really a unique unique time to be a, a thrower and yeah. i would encourage everybody who has opportunity like yourself to compete after the the, the after the college right it's a yeah. such a hard time to be um in your in your throwing uh, career to be uh, after college right you need those couple yeah. of years to define yourself really as a thrower because uh, yeah. the throwing is an old man's game right you have to be your peak is not till you're 28 30 32 right see someone like joe kovac right he's killing it right now he's he is yeah. the best shape of his life and he's and you look at him like oh my god he was a world champion in 2015 uh he was in college in like 90s right <laughs> but you know not that long obviously uh, yeah. But he's been throwing for a decade, more than a decade, right? Yeah. Half, you know, decade and a half. And now he's in his peak. And that's where you talk about oh, yeah. your hammer, right? Uh, they call yeah. you baby, baby thrower in, in Greece. Because really, truly, yeah. how long have you been throwing compared to somebody like you were in Hungary, right? To those throwers, yeah. to those throwers in Greece, um, especially Creta, right? Uh, Crete, they have those yeah. incredible throwers there. They start very early, right? So compared to them, how much experience do you think you have now that you saw that? Well, I mean, I mean, talking about hungry, I mean, you have yeah. stories like you, I, I have video of, I remember going out and there's this little like eight year old girl with a 1k hammer, just nailing th like a two turn. And then I come back the next year and she's added the thir third turn. I'm just like, she has sicker technique than I like, she has better technique than I do. And it's just, um, kids get into it so much younger there. And, uh, I think it's because they don't have such a wide variety of you know the draw of american football or or you know other other big name sports like we have here um but i started i mean i did shot put in discus and i grew into the two of those and i would say probably i would pick up the hammer and i learned how to do some wines and i actually was at a ucla throws camp when i was young and like i learned how to do turns but I didn't really know what I was doing. I could do like a two turn. And I, I, I had like thrown in some random meets unattached just for fun. But when I went to college that first year, Maynard, who was my hammer coach at the time, he just like, back to basics, you're gonna do turns on a straight line. And so like that really like, yeah. I, I consider that to be really when I started because that's really when I started to learn everything. And so yeah. then really started to compete in 20, 16 which was my freshman yeah. year when i started to compete um so yeah you have you know the, the guys in hammer i mean you have these little communities they're like three four coaches that like no hammer throwing and so these little villages in greece like that's where our one our tennessee kid uh, yorgos korakidis he is like his coach is from this one little village and like they have produced you know, a bunch of little hammer throwers. That's awesome. And I think that's so cool. Um, same, like you were saying, in Crete, 
Um, that's where our current like hammer throw, Michalis Anasasakis, mm-hmm. he's thrown like 78 meters. Like, yeah, he and the other young kid who Christos, is yeah. like, yeah, yeah, Francis Akis, yeah. they're some, from the same town in Crete yeah. and they, they go to the same coach or they, you know, had the same coach growing up. I, I love, I love hearing about stories like that. And it's the same thing in Hungary. Mm-hmm. If you've, if you've been to the town, it's not some major city. It's just, it's just yeah. a, it's just a regular town. town. Yeah, and they have these amazing facilities, and they just care to put time in and recruit kids and develop them, which is something that I don't think people put a lot of time into here. Or we are so lucky, and like in the U.S., you just have so many talented kids that can just, if you're not producing right away, like, okay, I can probably find someone who's going to just throw farther easily. Like, you know, we just have too many people here. I think U.S. is the most, in, the, the country with the most talents, uh, like yourself, like Diana, like Joe Kovac, Ryan Krauser, uh, Michelle Carter, right? There's so many talents here. And I think what Europe does well, or other countries, is they start them early, right? Not necessarily lifting weights, but they start as a 10-year-old, 12-year-old to do some hammer drills. Like you said, 1K, they would play around with the 1K. And then five years later, seven years later, they're only 18. They're going to get them out of high school and they already know, okay, next three years when I'm 21, I can see um, where I'm going to be in this sport. So now tell us a little bit how it is to be a professional thrower now that you're done with uh, uh, college. How, how is your day to day? The day to day is uh, it's really different than living in the, in the collegiate life. Um, you know, you, you aren't structured by class and, and scheduled meetings and scheduled appointments with academic advisors and, and professors and all this. So it's, it's really just, it's pretty routine. It's wake up. I eat my breakfast. If I'm throwing that day, I'll go throw in the morning and then go to work. If I'm lifting that day, then I'll go right into work and then I'll lift more in the afternoon. And like, that's, that's kind of how the day goes. And then it's just eat and repeat. So yeah, post-collegiate life isn't that glamorous, you know? Are you a master chef now? Do you know, how do you, cause it takes so much time to cook. <laughs> how do you? I don't love, I, I don't like to come home after that long, like a long day. Yeah. I've been on campus working or, or I've been training and then cook and then cook for like one meal. Mm-hmm. No, so like I cook in bulk at, on Sundays, I usually take that day, and I'll cook, and it'll probably last me like the whole week. Um, that's lunches and dinners. Every morning, I'll, I like I eat the same thing. It's pretty boring. Like I'll eat just an omelet, like with egg whites and like some like you know egg yolks with spinach, make an omelet and oatmeal, and then like throughout the day, just just you know, like just basic grains and meat, and then a, you know vegetable with that, and like. Same for dinner. I'm really boring when it comes to food stuff. Like I don't, I just, I, food has become a part of training. Like it's that easy. Like yes, you need yes, to do yes. a lot of it. Yeah. You need to do a lot of it. And, and, and that's my purpose. If I wasn't training, I probably, I wouldn't be eating as much as I do. Mm-hmm. So like I, I do it because I have to. Yeah. yeah and so yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't get too fancy with it. Of course you treat yourself to some stuff here and there, you yeah. know, but, uh, but yeah, well, I don't get yeah. too easy. That's a great point that you just made. I think uh, as an athlete, you start thinking about food as part of your training, right? Uh, like you just said. Yeah. And it's, it, it loses that. I don't think people who are not athletes don't understand. Like I, I like to cook for myself. 
Uh, still, my wife takes so much time to cook, right? She doesn't like my food. And she's like, oh, my God, it's, it has no taste. I'm like, it's efficient. Like, it has everything that I need. It has omega oils, like it has, has protein, has nutrients that I need. I just make a big ball. And uh, I think that's, that becomes a reality really quickly after, you know, having uh, luxury or going to dining halls in, in college, right? Now it's a little different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I mean, if it's like a hobby and that's your downtime, like I, I know some people love cooking and all that stuff, but I'd rather be spending my downtime doing something else. So yeah. I'm going to put in what I need to like, like I, I don't, I don't get too, too, too involved. If you guys haven't seen Samatia's video on YouTube, check it out. She uh, gives us a little bit of a glimpse of her cooking the breakfast. Like, do you do that every time? Do you flip it like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you do? That's my one cooking trick. Okay. That's all I got. Okay. That's pretty impressive. Every right. morning. If people are over, I'll, like, bring over the pan right in front of them and, yeah. and flip it for them. But, yeah. I can, I can cook. You know what? I'll say this. I can cook a breakfast. I, I've hosted br the brunches before, the Sunday brunches. But after that, like, Everything else is pretty basic. Don't right. come to me for, for other stuff. <laughs> so how's your day now looks like? Now, obviously, you work. You're competing. You're a professional thrower. You're competing inter, um, internationally. Some big meets, world championships. Oh, my God. You come there and you threw amazing. How how has your life changed since college? Um, um It's just it's a little more low-key, honestly. It, it's It's – you know, you don't have that same sense of you're with the team. You know, that's a big thing when you transition from college into from college to post collegiate is you don't have that same team feel. I mean, luckily, I, I still get to be around the team a good amount. I, I do some videography work um, part of the university. So I get to see the team. I got to travel to certain meets with them. So that's been a lot of fun to kind of still have that team aspect. But, you know, large, large amounts of my throwing in the off season when the kids were throwing the weight throw, I mean, I was having hammer sessions by myself. So, um, you know, that's been a little bit different. Um, but uh, luckily, I mean, Tennessee has, has totally supported me and being a post-collegiate and, and, you know, their, their, their whole BFL of all for life, yeah. uh, you know, uh, motto, they, they really, they, they hold true to that. So I'm working on campus. Um, I have a, a one, two, two kind of part-time gigs in, in, in uh, the athletic department and they, they've been amazing. They totally understand, you know, scheduling and, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, they've, they've been great. That's, that's great that you found a place that you can stay at with good people, with the working stuff that you can support yourself, obviously, uh, while, while pursuing your dream, right? Um, uh, what is uh what do you find the most difficult uh at this point because you are throwing internationally now obviously with the corona uh, uh how do you keep yourself motivated what's your goal like, obviously you like you say sometimes you throw by yourself uh sometimes you train by yourself obviously you cook for yourself how do you stay motivated what's uh what's pushing you what's pushing me is that this is the first year that i fully fully divulged into throwing hammer and like it, it, it's been as it's almost like just getting the reps in like I mean obviously make them positive reps but like just doing that like I think will be beneficial for me you know it's finally a year where I can fully invest into into uh one event and so mm -hmm. my motivation is just like keep putting in the repetition and the work because I mean I saw just 
you know, just in the summer of myself only throwing the hammer, I saw a huge improvement. And just, you know, it, it was kind of a transitioning and learning how I think about hammer and how I even throw the hammer um, technically and like conceptually, like just making that shift and getting reps in three months, it, it made a huge difference. So if I'm doing that just on a consistent basis, um, you know, hopefully I'll see the same jump. And it was really reassuring. Um, I was telling you, when, uh, I was set to open up in Portugal about a month ago. And, uh, you know, I wasn't able to do that, obviously, due to the coronavirus. Um, but I was able during that lead up, I saw in training, like, I'm, I'm firing right now. There are definitely question marks yeah. during the season. I was on a different lifting program. I was doing different yeah. throwing stuff. It was like, man, I don't know. This isn't feeling too right right now. But like when it mattered when I was supposed to be preparing for a competition and getting ready, mm. things were firing. And that was really reassuring. Um, even though I wasn't able to compete, it was like, all right, like this is working. What I'm doing is working. And that was really reassuring, especially being yeah. a post-collegiate yeah. this first year out. You know, it's kind of reassuring to know like next year I'll even have another year down of doing mm. this. So there were hard moments this year. And, and now it'll be – like I have that kind of confidence in, in what I'm doing and what I'm building for myself here for training and all that. I think it's it's great that you, what you just mentioned, that it's very important to keep in mind milestones, right? So your training is a true indicator of where you're going to be, obviously now with some experience in Hammer. And I would say you still have way to go and your coaches know this as well because you're only seriously been throwing just Hammer for a year, right? And the fact that you were able to throw every other event as well, and one of my questions will come up for one event that we're missing, the fact that you are able to throw all that and continue in college to throw 71, over 71, uh, 33, uh, to throw that, it's incredible. Now, who knows? And we don't know yet, right? So how far you can throw a hammer when you just throw the hammer. So that's going to be really exciting. Why haven't you thrown javelin? That's the only one event that you, <laughs> that you haven't thrown. I had to throw javelin in, in the heptathlon when I did one of my freshman year in high school. Okay. I have like two, I did a three step. I don't know how far I threw it. Maybe like a hundred feet. I don't know what that is, but, or maybe just under that. I really have no idea. I, I and I have messed around with it throughout like college when, when, when like yeah. there's some jabs out, I love like throwing it and it's really fun, but I, I think it's just not in the cards. It was a little too late. Yeah. And I don't need to, to hurt my body anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason not to throw a javelin. You're right. You're right. Especially if you're throwing other events. Um, one of the questions, like, don't you wish you were a javelin thrower? I'm, I'm sure some of your friends ask you that. Uh, now that you are, that you are uh, in the professional field, can you share with us, uh, with the people watching now, we talked about this a little bit, some things through high school, college, and uh, professionally that you wish you knew that would save you time or, you know, in practice or in school or stress? What are some things that you would uh, look for or change in your, in your training or just in thinking in general? More often than not, as hard as, like, it's not, you don't have some one phrase that's going to change anything. It's just, like, you really have to understand that. Even now, I get really frustrated with certain things and, like, you're still so young when you're a college athlete. You're still so young when you're a high school athlete. Things develop. Things take time. You were just saying, you know, you're in your peak when you're in your late 20s. So, I mean, I have still so much I need to, to learn learn about and all of that. So, um, just it's going to take time. Like, take some pressure off of yourself. Like, give yourself a little bit more of a break and allow for that development to happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, you know, more often than not, if you feel this pressure, like, oh my God, people are going to see me not throwing far. They're going to judge me. I mean, you know, people don't care as much, you know, like they have their own stuff they're worrying about. And they probably also, I mean, college coaches, you've, you've seen it before, you know, you understand that, you know, maybe this really big high school thrower, like they're going to need some more time to get into college or maybe the super raw kid, they just need some training and, and yeah. then they're going to, yeah. they're going to pop off and throw something really far, but then maybe not have the consistency they need yet, you know? So people understand and people aren't going to be jumping to say like, Oh, that person's not thrown far anymore and all this. And so just give yourself some developmental time, you know? I love that. That's, that's such a big part of, of everything that you do, right? Focus on yourself, focus on your progress. I think that's why you are where you are because of uh, that approach. Because you, you saved yourself a lot of time, and I'm sure you could have saved your even more if uh, in stress if you thought about that every time. It's more, it's easier said than done, right? Uh, but that's so important to focus on yourself, focus on your progress. And we talked about this um, on a podcast, so, and you guys can check it out later. And uh, Stamatia talks about uh, in her uh, her YouTube channel as well. How important was your failures? in the beginning to come so this is the guy this is really impressive as a first time competitor at world championships to come in and throw really well it's not something that happens a lot Alekna, i remember his major championships he threw like 58 meters right this is a two-time olympic um uh, champion one of the best throwers of all time right he just miserably fails his first but you you have failed before, so you learned, right? No, people that say, like, when you say, like, oh, oh, man, you just went out and threw far, you know, at Worlds and all this. Uh, oh, no. Like, like I said before and like I said in the podcast, I have choked it up at major, major meets. You know, like I said, fouling out of my first at, like, my first outdoor nationals. You know, I got second to last at my first ever European championships in the shot put. Um, I see Coach Noel in the comments right now trying to get a shout out. I think we can continue to ignore him. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there have definitely been some low moments before I was able to create some consistency and like knowing what works for myself going into a big competition and say like, all right, I can't make this bigger than it is. Let me just go out and take it like every other competition, you know? So yeah, there are many failures before I got to that level and there'll probably be some more failures before I, you know, yeah. reach your your optimum potential yeah. you know it's, it definitely and it's so important to we talked about this how it, it's it's how humble you are it's incredible to see somebody at your level in high school and college and professionally to realize like hey i'm doing something wrong hey I, there's there, this place is not for me or you know i need to i need to find myself in a position to succeed and obviously you find yourself in a great, uh, with a great coach at a great university with John Newell, uh, that you, you just, uh, took it to another level and now you're taking it even further. And I talked to this, to John as well, how incredibly, um, not just humble, obviously he's a humble guy as well, but how smart it is to reach out and say, okay, Stamatia, let's figure out now, just hammer. Let's figure out with your coach in hunger and, uh, Greece. Let's put him into the picture and let's work this together. Let's let's make you the best that you can. And that's really impressive and rare to see, uh, to see sometimes that the coach is like, okay, let's 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 get let's go to another level now. Let's find some help, right? I mean, I don't want to compliment him too much because I see now he's watching and commenting. 
But of course, I mean, that's something that, that, that drew me and obviously was a big factor in Tennessee is someone that uh, doesn't take themselves too seriously and think that they know everything there is about training. I mean, that's the reason why UVA and Tennessee were big factors for me in, my, in, in, in transferring. You know, talking with someone like you, I mean, like, like I said before in recruiting, just being able to have a conversation with someone, no show, how are we going to get along and how are we going to, and, and how are we going to, to make this work? These are my potential goals. Do you think you can help me in, in all of this? And to also then say like, I, I still have room to grow in myself as a coach, you know, um, let, let, let's reach out. I mean, hammer is not your specific event and you, you know, coach now Helmar to, to, to great success. I'm sure you had to do your own research and digging there too. So that's a huge like plus for me when I see coaches that are willing to talk with other coaches, talk with athletes, talk with different training systems and all of that. And so, um, I mean, that, that was a, the big factor for me. And going into now um, a, a year on my own, I mean, this also, um, Newell has his own team that he needs to be, you know, that's his job is the Tennessee throwers. And so to kind of alleviate some of that pressure on him to be maintaining that working with Alex. Um, I mean, when they were both in Doha, they spent, you know, a lot of the days they were just discussing hammer stuff. And so, yeah. you know, sharing training ideas, it can, it can help and bring back into your own collegiate system as well. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's bettering for me. It's bettering for him. It, it's just a, a, a win all around, I think. But yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a big thing for me when coaches are able to acknowledge like, let, let's go here for, for some maybe additional information, see what I can add to what I already know. Yeah, different perspectives, right? Um, I had uh, my good friend of mine and John's, Andres Haklic, helped me a lot with Hilmar as well because obviously Hilmar is, you know, 75-meter guy. He's, I believe he's going to throw over 80 in his career. And I told uh, Haklic, who's 80-meter thrower, who trained in Hungary, you've been there to Sombate, right? Uh, uh, I was like, uh, you know, Haklic, this is out of my uh, range. Like, this is the guy who's going to throw 80. In discus, in shot in javelin, I'm very confident. Uh, I've been there, but but you have to realize, like, hey, this is bigger than yourself. This is the kid that can reach the highest levels. Let's just find different perspective and see what works for this kid, right? Because uh, especially these days, like Sean Dowling, like yourself, all you athletes right online now who are very successful, sharing your knowledge, sharing your experience. I think we're living in an unprecedented times, and I, I thank you so much for sharing your videos, sharing your experience. It's not easy to take a video yourself and make a YouTube uh a video like you have answering questions <laughs> i'd rather i'd rather be taking videos of other people and creating content of other people but um yeah i, I think it's, it's i think it's something cool i mean um people have been telling me to do this for a while this type of stuff and so um yeah as long as it can help people I, yeah it's like i said before you don't know the world you're stepping into from high school to college from college to post-collegiate you know and, and if people can share that information there are plenty of there are plenty of people online that that are more than willing to help out. Um, you know, I, I just shouted out just like you and you know Ryan Whiting as far as people for young people to be looking at. But um, I mean, there's so many athletes that are if you just message them, they're they're definitely gonna be yes. willing yes. to to help out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's a great thing. Who's your idol? Who was your idol throwing when you were growing up, or uh, who did you look up to? I can't say, I mean, someone like my brother, my brother was a total throwing nerd. He 
drew out chalk circles in the backyard to throw and he did nice. he filmed himself doing discus drills in like seventh grade and I he was watching film all the time I mean I was slowly introduced to it and had that kind of like you know it wasn't love at first sight when I started throwing and I didn't know too much but um I mean obviously someone who had a major impact on me was Ramona Pagel um just because I, I was able to build that relationship and she taught me a lot about just like uh you know little things about you know training and she would actually she'd been to some bigger meets with me and a lot of about competition I learned from her um so I mean I think that that's just one I hold on to because I was so young when, when I met her and she's but you know I learned a lot from her but I mean watching someone like Deanna and getting to know Deanna like um she was actually in Hungary and that's the hammer challenge I was able to sneak my way into yeah, somehow. Yeah, yeah. But she flew out and I had already been there for like a week and she came out and like just the nicest person, the kindest person, someone like she maybe had remembered me like just seeing me around, but she gave me like the biggest hug, uh, you know, uh, we were staying at the same hotel. We would eat together. We went to the store together, just like, and, and we just talked. So, I mean, and she's just so open and willing to just kind of share her ideas and all of this. And we kind of did our little pre-meet together and, you know, through with her in a competition. And then, you know, like what we were saying, you know, then there's the post-meet festives mm -hmm. after. And so, I mean, yeah, it's just someone like that's someone just the kindest person. And that's who you want to see. Um, especially someone that's dominating the sport is just such a humble person as well. So mm -hmm. I would say currently throwing. Yeah. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a big fan of her. Just, just, I mean, you, you take out like, yeah. like just, just the person she is, yeah. is, is really awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's incredible for me to see anytime I see somebody like that at that level, right? Like you're crushing your competition, but you're still so down to earth and friendly and, you know, uh, helpful. It's just, it's, it's amazing to see. I always think of, uh, during back in the days, my time, uh, Primoz Cosmos was one of my favorite guys. You see him, he's, he's an Olympic champion. He's a world champion. He's throwing 80, almost 83 meters, 82 something, right? At the time. And you think of him like, oh my God, he's an Olympic champion. You come to him, he's like, hey, Martin, how are you? Like, he knows everybody's name, all the kids around that yeah. throwing. He's, you know, cheering for everybody. And like, this is Olympic champion. Like, this is so cool. Yes. For the rest of my life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think highly of him, right? Because of uh, he took that time to understand that at some point he was also there, right? Um, yeah. Little people, right? <laughs> So, yeah. so what is your uh what is your some uh like i said next goal is the olympics you have coming up um you are obviously canceled the season how are you uh, how are you training right now uh, difficulties that you have in this in this situation yeah right now uh i do have a I, i'm not doing a lot of throwing i'm just doing a lot of drill work stuff because i think the best thing right now is just to not like let this over like stress you out and think about like if I'm not doing all the training I need to be doing I need to be freaking out like I'm doing pretty general maintenance stuff in the weight room um and I do have a place to lift um and as far as throwing it's a lot of drills right now which like I'm already like I'm not great at so it's just getting the reps in and the drills in and um yeah just not like I think more answers will come in the next few weeks and then um we'll be able to plan better training through there but um don't overdo it trying to be out there taking 30 rep practice you know yeah. bunch of rep practices at full you know 100 because 
I, I for myself, I just don't think that that would be great right now. Um, you know, I, I pushed through with my training cycle right before when I was just on, on target to be opening up and that was really good. And that was a good moment to kind of just like, all right, I think I have it. Like, I know what, know what I'm doing is working and what we've all been doing is working. So I'm okay to just like not freak out, do what we all need to be doing right now and do what I can. And like when more answers come out, kind of prep from there as well. So, yeah. Donatia, tell us, um, tell us a little bit about uh, injuries in your career, surgery that you had that kind of paused your paused your success and uh, and uh, march to the top on SCA because you were definitely uh, marching really really fast towards that. How did you how do you deal with injuries uh, mentally and physically? Obviously, yeah, I have been really fortunate enough to not have experienced crazy injuries. I don't know if that's because I learned how to lift at a rel not relatively young, about 16, you know, and I didn't go crazy in the weight room, but I, I have been really fortunate to not see tons of back injuries or have these major freak accidents. Yeah. But um, something that happened this past, uh, I mean, it, it honestly happened over time as uh, I, I needed, I needed a minor elbow surgery. Um, I had bone fragments, floating bone fragments, and a bone spur in my elbow, which. Um, That's why you were not javelin thrower, see? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from years of just banging on a shot put and probably missing throws and all yeah, that. Yeah. Um, yep. yeah, yeah. Um, but it was actually like the end of my, middle of my junior year. I mean, I, uh, I, I remember like, before SCCs or something like that, I took like, I wasn't taking tons of throws because I was getting elbow pain and I felt it before at the end of a long year. And like, usually just like rest would make it better. Yeah. But, you know, I found out that I had a, had a bone spur and I went on to compete in that European season and European championships in Berlin. And then I came back and uh, got an MRI and, you know, because the pain was still there. And I was like, wow, like rest didn't just fix it. You know, I guess I'm getting a little older, <laughs> you know, because when you're young, just like taking off a month, your body just reheals itself. Yep. And yeah. like Wolverine, you're like Wolverine. Yeah. Like, back at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I, I, it was, it was a little more serious and um, we looked at it and there was, you know, the floating bone fragments and I needed a scope surgery. And we kind of debated doing it because it wasn't directly affecting hammer, but it was definitely affecting shot put. And I had decided like, I want to be able to contribute to what I can for the team. Like yeah. I like NCAA is about, you know, and especially in the SEC, it's like point scoring, you know, yeah. I want to do what I can. I want to do my part. And even if it wasn't directly affecting me in the hammer, maybe subconsciously, I was like protecting my elbow, you know, cause you know, it, it, it definitely was hurting my shot put an even discus. Um, so anyways, uh, I got surgery end of October or middle beginning of October. And that really put me out. I had never had, had to deal with, with an injury where I actually have to sit out. Um, How and I'm a very, How was that? yeah, I'm a very, like, that was not good for me. You know, yeah. I, I was, I was trying to do stuff, you know, the week after, you know, while I was still on pain meds, you know, yeah. which, which, which isn't good. Um, but it, it was crazy. It's a uh, crazy instance where, you know, I was probably really upset after having a checkup with the surgeon being like, yeah, it's going to be like eight weeks until you're going to be fully good to go. 
Oh. And I was really upset and I was distraught. And uh, I remember the sprints coach, you know, Ken Harden, came over to me and gave yeah. me a hug. Hey, when are world championships? And I was like, oh, I don't know. They're in October or whatever they were. He's like, you're going to be good. You're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and yeah. like that type of perspective of having, you know, that full year in mind, um, you know, I just had to be okay with like, I probably haven't had this much time off in a really long time. Yeah. Like let yourself just decompress, let your mind like rest mm -hmm. and like, let's just get, that's when I really started. That's, that's also, I mean, that's when I started to get my, my eating a lot better. Um, as far as like consistently eating and like what other aspect of training can I perfect now without being able to fully throw and do everything I, I want to be. So, um, yeah, that was, that was tough to deal with. Um, it was hard to kind of be sitting out and watching as people were able to throw. I did so many like safety squat or the safety squats on, on roller like this. Yeah, and I did, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it, it was tough, but, um, I, I didn't want to be then overlooked for the outdoor season or indoor season. And that's when I made, made like the big push to gain as much muscle as I could, or just gain weight and to, to be able to throw the weight, weight far. Cause I, I told, I told Newell, I was like, I, I want to be still in contention. And he was like, all right, then you're going to need to like gain 10 to 15 pounds. Yeah. And like, I, I tried to do that in a, in, you know, as most mu as much muscle as I could. And it worked. I mean, I threw 24 meters. Um, but I mean, it definitely, the surgery had a, an effect on my, uh, hammer training um, because I didn't really start throwing hammer until outdoor season <laughs> because also the weight throw is such a big deal and you know point scoring and all this type of stuff you know it's a big part of the collegiate season yeah. and um, you know that's part of being in an SEC school you have to take on yeah you you, you know yeah. I, I committed to throwing for points and throwing to be a part of this team and to make this team better so um, yeah I'm gonna throw the weight throw and I I think I scored one point in the indoor shot, you know, just having thrown it yeah. once before that. Um, but yeah, I really didn't start throwing hammer until that outdoor season. And I went, now looking back, I had, you know, I was throwing way higher than I was the year before. You know, my average was, you know, I think I opened up at like 67 and I was throwing 67s a lot. And, you know, I threw 68. I probably was consistently higher. And even at nationals, that was such a hard, you know, moment for me. I was so, you know, it wasn't the way I wanted it to end. I still threw like 67 something, which was still yeah. probably on average higher yeah. than like where I consistently was at the year before. Um, and with such little time, you know, I was trying to gain the reps in while competing. Yeah. Um, but that's just how it unfolded. And I was able to like then fully put everything into the summer season. And um, I actually ended my season a year later than when I got my surgery. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like landed on the same day. But injuries, I mean, they're difficult and you need to, to respect them and give it the time that they need. Um, so that's like the biggest thing. I, I was someone that had, had to keep being like pulled back no stam you can't do snatches yet like no stam you can't be doing you know throwing fully again like let's just give the time and that was something that was hard for me but now 
Um, you know, I've learned that earlier this year when I was doing my snatch maxes, I had, you know, 210 pounds, which is like 92 kilos or something over my head. I had just hit like 90 kilos. I was feeling good and I hit it over my head and it just, you know, all went completely backwards and, you know, injured my shoulder a little bit. And like, I realized, okay, like it's not hurting while throwing. Let's not be doing snatches, like give it rest, give it time don't aggravate it. Don't push it. You don't need to be snatching tons of weight. That's not your goal. You're not a weightlifter. So, I mean, yeah, having that surgery, like, and going through that injury process, you just have to respect your injury and respect your body and it'll help you out in the long run as well. I, I love how you took that time to assess what you, what's the best that you can do in your situation. So you, you just said, you spent time oh, after after recovery, you came back and you were getting reps during competitions, right? Like you knew you were behind, but you were s- still smart enough. You wanted to do much more, but you were smart enough to rest as much as it needed so you can come back at the point that you can, you know, come back uh, safely at and that you were doing things that you can. So I, I think that's very important to keep in mind that even though, you know, your, your knees out, you can do, you, you can do your upper body. If you're, shoulders out your elbow you can do your lower body right with the safety safety bar that you did right so you're like okay let what can i do still with this with this um uh injury that i can get better right yeah and that was a lot more on like coach Noel and and everyone else helping me out i mean i was the one having to be like no sam don't do this don't do it like you know no we gotta we gotta change it now i probably at least would be a little bit better with that but i mean you like I had a great support system that was able to like just tailor me in the right way. Like, yeah, you're going to have to do this type of squats for a little bit and we got to do a bunch of left-handed drills and you got to do a bunch of, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. That is very true. That is very true. And I would add to that as, as a coach, it is very true. It's important to have people around you, trainers, coaches who know what you need uh, after such an event. Also, it's up to you. And I've seen this, uh, unfortunately, uh, some cases it worked out, some cases it didn't. That it, 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 I haven't seen it go terribly wrong, but I saw athletes postpone their recovery because they will go on the side and do what they think they should do, right? So you have to restrain yourself from that because you do think you're invincible. Like, oh, it's better now. Like, oh, what's six weeks? I'm done in three, right? Boom, I go throwing. I'm like, ah, oh, coach, you know, I, I kind of took some drills. Like, no. <laughs> Uh, so like I said, I haven't seen it backfire so much that the career is over, but I've seen it prolong unnecessarily, right? Uh, so it's up to you too to take that responsibility. Yeah, I probably wasn't the easiest to deal with. I was, I, I was pushing back with trainers. I was like, "Are you sure the surgeon said that in our like you know meetings?" I mean, that's probably yeah. an athlete you want to get back yes. as soon as possible. Yes. No, yes. I mean, I was lucky that I had people that were like, yeah. "No, you cannot be practicing. You cannot be doing this." And it annoyed me at the time and it angered me so much. But I mean, in, yeah. in, in all reality now, I, I don't have that, you know, injury now. And Yeah, you, you got to weigh it out. You got to be smart. Uh, and, and Regardless how bad you want it, right? You got you, you to gotta do it in the right way. And you did come back. You came back a big way. You won SEC. You didn't just win. You threw it to over 24 meters. 24. Oh, I'm really bad with my PRs. Yeah. 24 or something like that so, yeah. that's so far that is really far how are you not being six eight tall throwing 24 meters you were so fast what was that like to throw 24 meters in a way oh man i 
it, it has to go back to the part of what I was saying. Like, I just felt like I have a problem sometimes translating practice throws into competition throws. I have been throwing 22 meters, 22 meters and like falling around doing it. Yeah. And I had a taste of throwing far. It was at, you know, a meet right before SECs. It was a warm up in between prelims and finals. And I took a warm up throw and it was like 23 something meters. And I was like, like, God, like, get, get out of your own way. Yeah, and, yeah. and what SEC was is I was just throwing 22, 22, like 22 meters consistently. And my fifth round throw, I, I nailed the throw. It hit the cage, though, and it still went like 22 something. Oh, I mean, so I was like, oh, like, I, I, like that was built up, pent up. And I was yeah. just like, that's when you just, you know, you start seeing red. Like, I, I don't know what I was thinking during that. Like, I was just in it to nail that last throw. Question mark um, X, X, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, there's always, there, there's, there's Was that always, on your last throw? yeah. 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 That's the <laughs> best. So, what, what was going through your mind in that last throw? I mean, it was literally like just do exactly what you just did because that throw right before it was it, yeah. too. It was just, you hit the hit hit right the handle hit like right off the top of that cage and it was still a fair throw but like it obviously was lacking the distance i wanted because it hit the cage um it's like just do the same thing just line it up and do the same thing and that was just like that the rage that i had um but yeah i mean (laughs) yeah they're they're the emotional highs that you get after doing something like that too um but yeah that I'm sure it was so rewarding to throw a massive throw on your last throw of the meet, championship meet, championships meet. That must be really amazing. Stamatia, thank you so much for your time. You've been very helpful. This is great. It's what you're doing right now is helping other people who are in your shoes save their time, save stress with sharing your knowledge. And I applaud you for that. And I, I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. Because I know how difficult it was for me when I was a, a high school athlete, when I was student athlete and professional thrower. And I, th- I know for a fact that there's so many young people are looking at it like, oh, see, like this is what I'm going through. This is what I was thinking. Like nobody gets me, right? Uh, so thank you very much for that. Of course. Like thank you for what you're doing. Like keep doing it. Like I'm excited to watch and listen to the rest of the podcasts. Um, yeah, thank you very much for having me and letting me share my stories and all that stuff too. Definitely, definitely. This is all for you guys. So thank you so much and well, hopefully you talk soon, okay? Yes. That was Tamatias Carvelis. There's a lot more coming from this young lady and it will be exciting to see how she's going to do in the next couple of years. Check out her YouTube and Instagram accounts to follow her progress more closely. And if you like this episode, please take a moment to leave us a comment and see you soon.